This is your host, Shashank Shekhar, and welcome to another episode of Shashank Redemption. episode of uh, Shashank Redemption, I'm delighted to welcome Danny Thompson, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Unique. I know Danny and Unique for quite a while now, actually, almost almost two years, but I'll let him introduce himself, uh, introduce himself briefly, and then uh, we'll get into the conversation here. So, Danny. Great. Thanks, Shashank. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's, uh, yeah, it's great. always great to catch up, always good to talk. Um, so look, yeah, I'm the CEO and founder of Unique, and uh, it's been a, it's been a really incredible journey uh, building out digital humans, artificial intelligent digital humans. Um, at the early stages of this journey, it was certainly something that not a lot of people would, were thinking about, or even thought was possible. Um, and uh, we've come through a very interesting time as a general society, and how our lives just really now center around digital experiences and how we make that more human and digital humans have found their way. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that, but uh, yeah, this company has been running for several years now. So uh, yeah, plenty of stories to tell. Yes, yes. And, and, and you're right, what, what you mentioned about digital human, but also what's interesting is that a lot of people still don't understand what digital human is. I mean, they think it's, it's just an avatar, which used to be the case i think a few years back it was it was a big deal uh, but really for for our audience here danny and and i'll i'll probably chime in with my story in a little bit as well about my experience with this digital human but can you break it down in terms of just people who probably have never heard the term or have heard the term and they were like i mean what is a digital human anyway so can you break that down what that is yeah definitely so so the world that we've you know, kind of experience digital humans the most has been historically in movies and games. Um, so CGI technology creating very high realism and high quality CGI was regarded as digital humans. Um, now these digital humans you couldn't interact with and it was very much about obviously producing very high quality uh, experience for the screen um, and in gaming, you know, and a lot of that, whilst you could interact, again, you weren't having conversations with these digital humans. It was very much scripted. And a lot of the animation and everything that would go in behind that was, was often handcrafted or using techniques like motion capture. And people may have seen images of this being done where you might see someone in like a black suit with lots of white balls mm -hmm. on them. And that's really feeding through data back into systems to animate those digital humans and those characters. So if we fast forward to where the world's heading, however, uh, a lot of our lives now, um, you know, we, we are quite familiar with conversational AI. Uh, mm -hmm. We use it with Siri, Alexa in the home, uh, there's many more examples even in our cars and the rest. And, and so as we start to change the way we interact with machines, we, we needed to think about the way that the machines actually would interface with us. Um, and creating more human interface is far more natural and easier to engage with. And so these digital humans needed to evolve to be able to animate and interact and have conversation in real time. 
And that's where artificial intelligence really came into the mix with digital humans. And that's where our company really focuses on is now that you can take these amazing CGI characters and they have the intelligence to listen and to respond to you and to actually answer questions and help you with a range of, I guess, different services online. Uh, and soon, obviously, we'll see that even more so as we hear about the metaverse. And I'll talk a little bit about that if you're interested today. Perfect. Yeah, we will we'll delve into, into metaverse uh, very shortly on this, this conversation. But I just wanted our listeners to uh, understand uh, and be aware of my experience with, with Unique and Digital Human. I know I was introduced to you, Danny, and the team at Unique um, by David Licken. I was listening to one of his podcasts where you were a guest yes. on that one. And I was just blown away. Some people uh, probably think of Digital Human, as I said, and then probably just think of another avatar or something, something online. But when I heard that podcast, I was um, I wanted David to introduce the two of us, and, and I got on that call, um, and in about 15 minutes, I was completely sold on the concept. I could see that the future conversation will be a huge upgrade on Siri and Alexa, which in itself was a huge upgrade on probably no conversational AI that existed before that. So we are so used to Siri and Alexa now, but that's an audio-only format. I could see how digital humans, as you mentioned, could be way more engaging because they mirror our behavior, they mirror our looks, and as human, we we just we we are just more inclined to talk to um, even if it's a digital form to to forms which are which are similar to us. So I could see a future in that, and 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 just for for the audience here, uh, we went on at at Instramortgage, the company that I'm CEO of, we went on to create the first digital human within the mortgage space in the world, and it has been highly successful. It was uh, on Times Square. It has been covered by several media since then. So it has been a very, very successful implementation for us. And then and Unique has, of course, been our partner throughout that. So I wanted to throw in that personal story of, of us and Insta. And, and just for our audience to understand that this is not just a concept or a vision that we're talking about. This actually, Rachel, the digital human that we created, actually answers uh, a ton of mortgage questions. Sometimes I'm told more than what people with several years of experience within the mortgage can 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 uh, can answer so you can see how quickly it builds on the expertise of how quickly it can build on the knowledge and keep that knowledge forever i mean of course digital humans don't forget anything uh, they are powered by the same technology that siri and alexa has or ibm watson has so so you're talking some some very very serious upgrade on on some of the experiences like chatbot and other experience that's there um, talking talking about that, talking about the the experience that that people have with digital human. One of one of very interesting project that I saw coming out of Unique uh, was you making um, or your team making digital human uh, form of uh, uh, Einstein. So so tell me tell me a little bit. And I saw, of course, uh, as expected, you got some real uh, serious media coverage for something like that, which which was a very interesting project. How did it come about and, and walk us through some of the things that happened once once you implemented it? Yeah, yeah, happy to share that. So Einstein was a real delight to be part of. You know, when we first actually came up with the idea, it came from one of our values in our company that we hold to uh, very strongly is tech for good. We know that this technology is very good from a commercial aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, it can help, you know, 
across a, a wide range as you just shared you know interactions that help people in their day-to-day lives just even someone trying to work out like a mortgage is a big deal for some people right it's their first yes. time and you're trying to understand a lot and so having empathy and being able to ask questions and that, that lack of judgment is uh is super helpful and there's all sorts of commercial applications that we see our digital humans used in but tech for good is uh, really something when I founded this company after I exited my last company, you know, I really wanted to ensure that um, my life was going towards building technology that would have such a positive impact, uh, mm-hmm. not just commercially, but also maybe where there wasn't actually a commercial benefit for us, uh, i.e. revenue coming in, but it was having an impact. And, and every now and then we do these kind of projects. And with COVID, uh, I was reading about uh, the issue of loneliness Mm-hmm. Um, through the pandemic and so I thought to myself like this technology could actually be really great as a companion but I didn't want to create something I guess that seemed gimmicky uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to create something where you had a well-known individual that could maybe run daily quizzes and you know be more interactive on a regular basis and uh, and as we we're thinking about quizzes we we're thinking Einstein would be great to be the personality that does mm-hmm. the quizzes and things like that. And, um, you know, I have to shout out to the Hebrew University and their agency Greenlight because we we pitched the idea to them and they were well on board straight away, mm-hmm. want to be part of Tech for Good as well. And so we worked together to create uh, an experience that we made freely available. Um, and, uh, and, and so we had obviously very big uptake on interacting with a, digital Einstein answering questions and doing the daily quizzes. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a real pleasure. Yeah. It was extremely fascinating. The, the entire experience, um, any other historical, uh, individuals or personalities or anything that, that you have in the pipeline that, that your team is working on, which, which could be some of the other interesting engagements that people could see. Wow, yeah. I mean, we have a, a number that are always <laughs> under NDA, so we, okay. we don't get to talk about them until obviously you get to, sure. to, to launch them um, because that's the customer's benefit um, of that. But yeah, we, we've had, particularly through Europe, uh, mm-hmm. we've had some amazing conversations about incredible artists and been able to really bring them back to life as part of a tourism journey. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and sports stars, we've been working on a few. Uh, sports stars recently um so yeah so we're really excited this year we're going to announce quite a few um big names so that's that's going to be that's going to be fun but it's yeah it's not just based on real people we i mean we do uh like rachel uh for you guys i mean she was uh created uh, as a character and a, and a brand ambassador yeah um and i think there's there's something very special about that too because you get to think about who is your audience and who and what is your brand and how do you create a connection? You know, are you a are you a Geico Gecko type company? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you creating characters or you're yep. more human focused and, and more maybe you say, you know, a, a more serious conversation is needed, therefore maybe wanting to have a more uh, real realistic human yes. um, expression of your brand makes a lot of sense. And we see that. Uh, definitely in the financial services and healthcare, uh, very, very common uh, for that, um, you know, that brand scope. 
Yeah, and I saw some of the some of the utility in the in the healthcare space, uh, especially around COVID, because there were some standard questions, especially early in the COVID when people were confused, they didn't know where to find answer. I think you did a lot of work in the in the healthcare space where people could talk to uh, digital humans that you created for for several institutions who could answer questions related to COVID. So, so that was as you mentioned, tech for good was probably at play uh, during some of those conversations. Totally. Misinformation. And also, if you went to the CDC website, it was actually really hard to navigate clear answers. Um, and they were updating certain parts, but that was not actually translating all the way through to their website sometimes. Uh, so what we did was um, we basically plugged uh, our digital human, her name's Sophie, where we plugged her yes. brain into the CDC data and uh, WHO, and we had a number of other sources that were trusted and reliable sources. So people could just ask direct questions in their own language and get mm-hmm. answers back. Um, and so that, that again, was yeah, part of our tech for good and just helping through COVID. Um, and and we, had, you know, we had a little bit of extra time through then because we had a lot of customers you know, in retail and other where they were just slowing down, waiting to see what happened. So we had to have some capacity. So it did allow us to do some pretty awesome projects like that. So, so when you say all language, do you do you mean the way they were they were typing it, or do you actually mean different languages? So can can unique digital human does it have capability to understand say languages other than English at this point of time? Yeah, yeah. We're actually um, now supporting 74 different languages. Wow. Um, and, and one of the latest features that I love that we've just added this year mm-hmm. is you can actually start speaking the language of your preferred choice, or well, it might be your only choice, mm-hmm. uh, but you can um, do that with a digital human. And if it's one of those 74 languages or one of the supported languages that our customers have decided on, um, then uh, the digital human will automatically switch to that language. That's a very cool feature. That is. That's something probably I would, would like to um, test on Rachel soon because, as as you know, there are other languages that, say, immigrants or some of the other underserved communities that, that speak yes. here in the U.S. And so that's, again, just to reiterate your point for tech for good, could play a huge role in, in serving some of the underserved, especially in the financial services space, uh, and in the mortgage space where we are, so that's a conversation that that will I'll definitely want to have with your team. But let's take it one step forward, um, Danny. So some of the brands are built uh, around individual personalities. That could be the CEO, founder, or just just somebody in their organization. Are you saying, uh, or are you are you? Uh, is it possible for? A digital human to look, feel, and talk like a real human. Meaning, say, can there be a digital human who looks, talks like me? Is is that a possibility? A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we have we have the two types of digital human. We actually have three types. So we have yeah. um, what we would call a digital twin uh, mm-hmm. or digital copy, which is exactly replicated uh, version of yourself. Okay. So. Um, so you could have you on, on the website instead of Rachel, if you wanted to, um, and we synthesize your voice. So we, what we do is we're able to take, uh, image data of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, uh, we will need a couple of hours of recordings of your voice. 
Um, and then we can train uh, using machine learning, a, a model that then can synthesize that. So then anything that we're passing through the APIs will sound like you and will look like you and speak like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty uh, powerful way of obviously uh, getting getting through one of our biggest challenges, which is uh, only being able to be in one place at one time <laughs> and uh, and the fact that there's there's limited time 24 hours in a day. So uh, so there is a lot of benefits to that. Obviously the the brain is not your brain, so you have <laughs> to be specifically focused on the use cases that you're there to help with. But you know it's if you've already created a really great um, brand using your own identity and who you are, right? Uh, which you obviously have, it's quite a great way to extend access to that brand, right? And that experience. So, you know, people wow. feel like they understand the company better because they've had a chance to interact with the digital version of you. So, yeah, pretty pretty cool area. The second type is what we've done with Rachel mm-hmm. for you guys or any, any digital human can be created based on uh, effectively a, a series of uh, inputs that uh, can be described through, you know, age, sex, um you know hairstyles clothing everything you name it um race so yeah so and we can mix and match things too so it's it's pretty pretty cool you know like uh rachel for you guys um you know there's probably about seven or eight different races mixed in to create her so which is pretty amazing and and she's very well liked like all the testings off the charts for her so uh so that's pretty cool and then the third category is more characters. So think Geico Gecko or some mm. of these more cartoony characters, which still can interact and have conversations and they still are driven by our AI engines, um, but obviously not an exact representation of a human. Yeah, we, we wanted Rachel to look kind of race neutral. So we are very happy with, with the look. And um, uh, talking about characters and and uh, be able to kind of interact in a digital uh, digital fashion. I recently saw Facebook build something where you can take two dimensional uh, images or pictures or drawings that kids can make and then kind of transform that into three dimensional, more like a metaverse experience. Which which actually brings me to the metaverse conversation, which which uh, I really am very excited to talk to you about. One of the things that and just just clarify that if my understanding is correct is one of the things that I personally think is that if you are ahead in the game of digital human implementation, so you have moved from maybe you had a chatbot kind of an experience or, or something else on your website and you moved the user experience to, to a digital human experience, you are probably ahead of the game when it comes to finally moving to metaverse. Is my understanding correct, Danny? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And what's really interesting is, uh, you know, a lot of the conversations that I'm having now with brands and and thought leaders around this, because the metaverse is so new, we're still establishing definition and and standards. And, you know, in in many ways, uh, a lot of what we think today has a good probability of being wrong as as we fast Mm -hmm. forward to 20 years. But, um, but I do believe that, uh, you know, the metaverse is often thought about as places, as a place. Mm-hmm. Um, but but actually, I think one of the key things to note about the metaverse is it's actually going to be a, equally, or if not more, about community mm-hmm. and personalities, human personalities and AI personalities. And so whilst there will be places that you will go into 
um, you know, the, 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 the key to it actually being successful and being useful is actually around the community that you create and you're a part of and the personalities that you're interacting with. So when you think about digital humans, really you're just establishing uh, an intelligent personality mm-hmm. that people can interact with. And if you think about the metaverse and how that's going to be useful for brands, you know, ideally you want to have personalities that are representing the brand in these 3D worlds, these immersive worlds. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the neat things about our platform is we actually have already created it all in 3D as well. So it's actually metaverse ready today. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that we haven't really done is enabled you to walk around and move yeah. inside that 3D environment. You kind of mm-hmm. look at it like a video call, yeah. um, just like you and I in a video call, we're sitting in a room that is fully 3D and immersive in the physical yeah. world, um, but we can only see it through a 2D screen. And so I think the first stages are still going to probably relate to that as much as Oculus is getting traction in VR it's still a very small subset of the overall internet population of users. Um, but that will, that will change. And then this is going to be a very interesting time, but, but I am a big believer, uh, have been for some time that, you know, the internet will evolve and, uh, and the way that we experience uh, digital is going to converge a lot closer with uh, our physical world, but actually without limitation. And that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, the way the way I see the experience, especially in digital experience, Danny, is what we saw with, um, say, consuming content about 10, 15 years back, where you could only use hard disks and, and say, downloaded software or downloaded files to view content. And then Netflix took the big leap in streaming everything, which was next level of say consumption or the experience of consumption. I think we are, from an experience perspective, we are entering a similar world. And as you rightly mentioned, I mean, people could be completely wrong about how they are defining metaverse, but I guess that's probably not that important as what's, who is defining it as what. And the overall experience of engaging with brand and companies is going to change radically. Uh, And we'll see as the time progresses, the definitions might change or the experiences might change, but we are for sure that this is going to change. So if that's the case, then how, given the fact, again, that Unique is probably at the forefront of something like this, and, and of course, helping companies like us at, at, at Instra Mortgage to transition into that space. But what if they, they don't have digital human experience right now? What are the three, four things that brands and, and companies uh, can do? And not just small size companies, I'm sure, even the very big size companies are struggling with this question or thinking about this question is that what can they do now to prepare for that new kind of experience that the users will be expecting down the road? Yeah, so I think um, I think it's really important for brands to think about um, emotional connection with their with their target audience. I think that's mm-hmm so fundamental in how we interact with brands and and it's and it's so important um in the way that you know people how they feel about your brand right and and the interactions that they have i I think with digital humans i think it's really important to note that you know there are use cases that are transactional and then there are use cases that are interactional Mm -hmm. and uh, a transactional use case doesn't necessarily need to have a digital human. So there are things that we can do that the goal is actually just efficiency to mm-hmm. get something done really quickly because we have a high degree of confidence in knowing what we're doing and what we need to do. 
So a good example is, you know, if I'm doing e-commerce shopping for something I just know I need, right? So, um, so a good example would be uh, I love to mountain bike. I know exactly uh, the mm-hmm. tires that I like to buy for my bike, and I'll go and I'll get that. I don't need to talk to anyone about it. I don't like that. So I could do that. And the financial services, it could be something even as simple as just knowing my bank balance and things like that, right? Yep. I don't need to have a deep conversation. I just need to know what my bank balance is. So that, that would be more transactional. And interaction, I think the goal is more centered towards confidence and trust. Uh, and so applying for a home loan is a really great example, actually, because if you think about it, not a lot of people are going to come into that feeling like they've got everything sorted. You know, um, the questions that come up, you know, is, is this a joint application? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those kind of, what are the risks of a joint application and, and what does this mean? And like, what if, you know, I'm going to leave overseas and all sorts of things, right, that come mm-hmm. into play. When And so now your goal isn't just efficiency, whilst frictionless is good. Uh, a goal isn't just efficiency. What trumps that is actually trust and confidence, trust in myself, trust in the brand and confidence. I'm going to make the right decision through self-service right online. And this is fundamentally why interactions are so important to get right. Uh, because this is where you create emotional connection. This is where you can empathize where it's needed, be excited, congratulate. You can really connect people to the brand and, if you think about advertising, just think about how many times you've seen ad, ad, advertisements with a personality. It's yeah. it's 90% plus, maybe mm-hmm. 95% plus. And the reason is because personality and human connection is the best way to create emotional connection, without a doubt. That's why we have Geico Geckos making us laugh yeah. and the Super Bowl ad and things like that. And so when we go back to your question, once you understand that, the strategy really is about what is the, if, if we are thinking about how we create that personality interaction and emotional connection in our customer journey, what is it that we could be doing today? The first thing would be in our customer journey, where are the interactions happening right now? Right, We're spending a whole lot of time advertising, drawing traffic into our site, and then we just give them a form and high five them, say best of luck, <laughs> yes. you know. Uh-huh. And so, so where where do we think about those interaction moments, and can we create a personality interaction there that really helps them with the trust and confidence? And obviously, the return on investment of that is is pretty substantial because then you have more people completing, you obviously have more conversion, all those types of things that are paying for uh, the investment to make that a great experience as well. Yeah, that's that's so key. So at, at the end of the day, really, it's it's a question of how do you elevate consumer experience, especially in a product that that has such high engagement, uh, like financial services, like healthcare. Um, but we are not talking transactional stuff here because if it's just simply transactional, what's your bank balance? As you mentioned, I and mean, that could be had in a in one second from a different source. You really don't need that. But if you have extended experience, I usually talk about the fact that consumers uh, interact with you at three different experience level, the pre-experience, the during experience, and the post-experience. So they want to experience or they have an experience of the product even before they have actually used your product. And then, of course, during the product and service and after. And if you have that kind of engaging experience with a digital human like we have with Rachel, for example, 
um, that has a huge ROI, as as Danny mentioned. So um, something that that you as as the audience should uh, should consider. But Danny, really, I I learned more in what about twenty eight minutes of this conversation with you about digital humans and how uh, companies like us could prepare for metaverse than I probably through I don't know tons of articles and LinkedIn posts and everything else that I read, which actually left me more confusing than, than having a clear plan. But I clearly see how it could be could be a huge play in the future. But really, to, to get prepared for it, having a digital human strategy, if you are in a high engagement kind of a service or product, uh, definitely helps. So um, Danny Danny's company, Unique, is at, I think it's digitalhumans.com. Uh, Danny, is that correct? Correct. Yep. Digitalhumans.com or Unique, which is U-N-E-E-Q.com. Thank you, Danny, so much for making time uh, to engage with our audience on this call where we talked about digital humans and metaverse with Ken Danny Thompson, Chief Executive Officer at Unique. Great. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Shashank Redemption with your host, Shashank Shikhar. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and review us. Check out shashankredemption.com to connect with me.